God bless you. You may be seated. My subject this evening is worship still works. Worship still works. Well, we're preaching already, aren't we? That's good. You know it's going to be good when the title gets people clapping and shouting a little bit. Because worship does indeed still work. We live in a day and age people are trying everything. They're doing everything they can to see what, in fact, will work for them. They know that their lives are not complete, that there is something missing in their life. And so people are trying to find the missing link. They're trying to find the missing puzzle piece to understand what it is that, that, that does not feel quite right for them. And yet, uh, in everything they have looked in, they seem to not be able to find the answer. We're living in a culture right now. Our culture has thrown every restraint to the wind. Our culture has indeed thrown every restraint to the wind. There are no limits anymore on, on pleasure. There are no limits anymore on right or wrong. It's whatever is right for you in their eyes. And they are searching. They are desperately searching for something that will give them meaning and that will make their life make sense. And because we get to these points where we look, people try everything. People try busyness to see if that will work. People try solitude to see if that will work. You've got some people that they never have a free moment. They're always doing something because they think that in their busyness, perhaps, they will find the answer to what they look for. Some people sell everything. They go and they live out in a cabin in the woods. And, I'm, and, and I'd like to be in a cabin in the woods sometimes. They, do, they go out there to be alone, and the purpose for them is to find solitude, and it is to find quietness, and they think that perhaps the answer to their struggles, the answer to their frustrations will be found in solitude. Some people look to materialism, and they gather as much as they can because they think that in their gathering they will find what will work. Other people look to minimalism and they take great pride in how little they need in order to live. And they think that perhaps the answer for them will be found in minimalism, but it's not there. Some people look to pharmaceuticals and, and they try every different kind of prescription drug that they can, thinking that the answer to their problems will be found in those. Other people look to holistic remedies. And we live in a time when people are on a big holistic kick. And they've gotten rid of gluten. I don't even know how you can be saved and getting rid of all that gluten. <laughs> they say it makes them feel better, but I'll just have to take their word for it. You get rid of gluten. And, and I'm not preaching against those of you that are gotten rid of gluten. Uh, they get rid of... of uh, all kinds of, uh, of, of manufactured prescriptions and remedies. And all they want is what nature itself can bring because they think perhaps the answer will be found there. Some people look uh, for the answer in their work and they try to find their, their purpose in their jobs Some, and, and in making something of themselves, how much money they can make, how high up the ladder they can climb. Some people look... On the other hand, in pleasure. 
and they see if I, if I give myself to these, to these hobbies and these things, perhaps that is where I will find the answer to what will make my life better. But I want to preach to you tonight about what I have seen work when nothing else will work. I have seen what worship can do. I want to tell you tonight that when none of these other things work, worshiping God still does work. I want to tell you, hallelujah, I want to tell you, I know it from the depths of my soul, I know it, that what drugs cannot do, and what alcohol cannot do, and what your job cannot do, and what your relationships cannot do, when you come into the presence of God, and you begin to worship a God that is greater, a God that is bigger, worship, it still works. Clap your hands. Give God praise. Hallelujah. In Joshua chapter number 6, I won't read it all. You could keep notes tonight and you could go read it. But in Joshua chapter number 6, you read about Israel being led by Joshua. They come into the promised land. And when they get into that promised land, the Lord tells Joshua, He said, this is what you are going to do. The very first city that you conquer in this promised land belongs to me. Let me just tell you right now that when God begins to open things up for you and God begins to give you the victory, this is where I get in trouble because it's not in my notes. But when God begins to give you the victory, I am inspired to say it. When God begins to give you all those things, you'd better make sure that you give God his first. You better give God what is His first. I pray for anybody that give, puts God first. But if you're not putting God first, I'm going to pray that God puts you where you need to be so you'll get Him first. And if you're not scared of my prayers, you ought to be scared of hers. I'll pray you out of a job. I'll pray you out of a relationship. I'll pray you out of whatever you think is good for you. It's not good for you if God's not first in your life. And God's not first just because you said he was. God's first when you show him that he is. Sit down. I'm trying to preach quick. Joshua 6. They get in there and the Lord tells them. He said, I want you to march around Jericho, this city that belongs to me. You're going to give me the spoils of it when it's defeated. You're going to march around it one time a day for six days. Six in the Bible is the number of man. It's what you can do. But God said when you get to the seventh day, that's God's number. Seven belongs to God. He said when you get to the seventh day, you're going to march around those walls seven times. And at the end of that seventh time... I want you to tell the priest. I want you to tell him to blow the trumpet in Zion. I want you to tell him to let it ring out loud. And when they do, you tell the people they were to have been silent for six days. But on the seventh day, on the seventh trip around, when the priests blow the trumpet, I want the people to shout with a voice of triumph. It was a type of the power that is found in our worship. God said, you tell them to shout. 
and when they shout, the walls will come down. Jericho represents anything in your life that is holding you from going into the fullness of what God wants you to have. Israel could not experience the fullness of a land that flowed with milk and honey until Israel defeated Jericho first. And I want you to know there are things in our lives that until we get those things defeated, you're not going to enjoy the fullness of what God has for you. You hear me right now. You may have been saved and you may have crossed that old Jordan River. But just because you crossed the Jordan doesn't mean you're living in the abundance that God wants you to live in. And if you want to live in God's abundance, you're going to have to make sure you take out Jericho. And if you're going to take out your Jericho, you're going to have to have a shout. Worship will still work. And the things that are keeping you from going where God wants you to go and experiencing what God wants you to experience, if you will shout and you will praise and you will worship God, God will give you the victory. Hallelujah. Jehoshaphat saw worship bring down an army. In 2 Kings chapter number 3, the Moabites were coming against them. And he was, he was awfully scared. He thought that there was no way that they would be able to stand against the Moabites. And he said, is there anybody here? Is there a prophet from the Lord that is anywhere near? And somebody said, well, here is Elisha. Elisha is that uh, prophet that poured water on the hands of Elijah. And he called Elisha and said, we need a word from the Lord. And Elisha looked at him and he said, if you want a word from God, then I need you to bring me a minstrel. I need you to bring somebody to me who will begin to worship God. Because if I can get a worshiper... If, if, if you get me a worshiper, I'll get you a word. Hallelujah. If you can get to worshiping, you can get a word. And I want to tell Sanctuary Church on first Wednesday, if you need a word, then you need to get to worshiping God. If you need the Lord to speak, you need to worship Him. You need to praise Him. You need to magnify Him. You ought to open up your mouth. You ought to, you ought to dance sometimes. You ought to shout every once in a while. It was an enemy that fought them. It was an enemy that was coming against them continually. And yet worship brought the word from God. It was the word from God that unlocked a supernatural deliverance. In other words, if you will worship, God will send a word. And the word will give you a supernatural deliverance. But you cannot Get the supernatural deliverance until you get the word. And you're not going to get the word until you get to worshiping. Do you follow? He said, this is what you're going to do. You're going to dig ditches. Ditches. Yeah, you're going to dig ditches. And you're going you're to put them all over the place. And when they came out the next morning, they saw the, the, the Lord cause water to fill those ditches. And in the morning, the Moabites came out and they thought it was blood when they saw the sun reflect off that water. 
And they thought it was people lying there in the, in the field that had been killed where those ditches were dug. Every ditch to them was a dead individual. And, it, and, and, and here's the thing. How, however bad you want to scare the enemy, that's how many ditches you need to dig. If you just dig, it's like that old king that just smote the ground three times and Elisha got upset at him. He said, you could have had a great victory if you'd have kept doing it till you destroyed the arrows. If you're just going to dig one or two ditches, then that's about how much fear you're going to put in the devil. But if you want the devil to come out and look and him to get scared and the enemy that's come against you to get scared, then you ought to get to work. But all of that got unlocked by somebody who said, I know how to worship God. And in this room, if I can get this church to be in a worshiping church, God will bring the deliverance. God will give you a word. He'll put a word in my mouth while I'm preaching. It'll reach out and grab your heart. And you'll know that you heard from the Lord God Almighty. Clap your hands. Clap your hands and shout. And finally, Paul and Silas sitting in that prison. Oh, Paul and Silas, I thought you were doing the work of the Lord. God always blesses people who are doing his work. God doesn't let bad things happen to people who are doing his work. But sometimes the truth of the matter is God lets people who are right smack dab in the middle of his will. He lets those people get beat. He lets those people get put in prison. He lets those people get put in stocks and bonds. Woe be unto you and I if we start gauging how blessed we are and how much in the will of God we are based upon our circumstances. Too many people are making bad decisions because they're making them off their circumstances. You need to start making them off what God has said. Boy, I'm preaching good tonight. I'm preaching better than your amen. <laughs> That's a Charlie Harris line right there. Paul and Silas are in that prison. They're in those stocks. They're locked in there. And yet the Bible said at midnight, when it was dark, when there was nobody else awake, when nobody else was there with them, when nobody was there to encourage them, when there was nobody coming to visit them, and that you quit putting it off on everybody else. Oh, if somebody come visit me and lift my spirits, how about you get to lifting your spirits? And at midnight, they prayed and they sang praises unto God. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen? Worship still works. Worship still works. And all of a sudden, there came an earthquake. And it shook a prison. And it shook jail cells loose. And it shook bonds loose. Those bonds are a type of the things that would shut you down. That would try to hold you back. But if you will worship God, worship still works. Sister Erica, come on. Worship's... I, If you worship the Lord, worship still works. As for me, I've seen it deliver the depressed. I've watched it free the failure. I've been there when it loosed the captive. I've got firsthand experience that it has even brought the battle to the point of victory.
all the battle was waiting on was one worshiper. I've seen drunk and drugged up people walk into the church and begin to worship and they worship themselves sober. I've seen demon-possessed people worship their way to deliverance. I've seen people with their priorities out of alignment worship themselves to a place where God and His kingdom are first. I've seen sorrow-filled people worship themselves to joy. I've seen questioning people worship themselves to the answer. I've seen backsliders worship themselves right back to where they became insiders. I've seen offended people worship to where they link arms with their offenders and worship in unity. I've seen sick people worship themselves to healing. I've seen unsaved people worship themselves to receive the Holy Ghost. I am absolutely 110%. You had to hear his message. I'm absolutely convinced that worship can change any situation. That it can conquer any devil. That it can change your perspective. That it will loose you from apathy. That it will humble your proud spirit. And that it will give you victory in the name of Jesus. Because folks, Sanctuary Church, that I am so privileged to pastor. Worship still works. Worship still works. Well, we worship too much. They'll make fun of us. I don't care because worship works. They've been trying to tell us for years what's going to work, and they haven't got it right yet. They've been wrong every single time. Yet I remember whenever my heart was smitten within me, and I walked into the house of God. And then I began to worship Him. And worship worked in my life. I remember when, my, when I was wrong in my spirit. And things were not as they should be within me. And I came to the house of God. And once again, worship still worked. It is the cure-all for everything. I'm not a snake oil salesman, ladies and gentlemen. I'm really giving you the miracle cure. Worship of the Most High God brings God. He said He will inhabit the praises of Israel. When you worship, you bring God into the equation. And when God is in the equation, anything can happen. It does not matter if it's a wall at Jericho. It doesn't matter if it's an army that stands before you. It does not matter if it's bonds that hold you. For everything, worship still works. In this room tonight, I know there are people that need God to move on them. I wish some of our other church folks would be here that need God to move on them. But in the name of Jesus, I'm coming after y'all. Put that camera on my face, right? That one, right? In the name of Jesus... I'm not talking about those of you that can't be here. But those of you that can be here, I'm coming after you tonight. Because worship will work. You've been looking for God to help you, to give you meaning, to fix things in your life. You're not going to find it out there. But if you'll get in here and you'll get to praise Him and lifted Him up, God is going to move in a great way. Stand to your feet. Clap your hands. 
Let's worship the Lord together right now. Come on, church. Lift your voices. 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 We need a shout to go up right now. We need a shout to go up right now.